guys, I'll be interviewing Jacob Coolidge from The Glue. Sorry about that. I was trying to prop up my phone. <laughs> Same. Same, to be honest. Yeah. But how's it going? Good. I'm trying to get the Wi-Fi to work. That's fine. And freaking evidently the Wi-Fi doesn't work, so I had to turn it off and use my data. Yeah. Yeah, that's always fun. Well, hopefully you got that unlimited. Uh, we'll find out, right? <laughs> Um, thank you for doing this. If you want to introduce yourself and say what you do in the band. Well, thank you for having me. Um, and, uh, so I'm Jacob. I do vocals in Beguiler. Um, yeah, we're out from Toronto, Ontario. Where, whereabouts are you from? I am down two states down from Canada. So I am in Davenport, Iowa. Okay, cool, cool. See if the Wi-Fi is working now because I'm getting buffering on your side, and it's probably me, not you. Okay. Oh, there we go. Yep, I got it now. The Wi-Fi is on. Awesome. So my first question is, how did you guys come up with the band name? The band name. Um. Well, um. Originally, actually, when I was asked to join the band, uh, they had already picked the name. Um. I'm like one of the original members, but they kind of started the group um, and started writing songs before I was in the picture. Um, but I think it comes from like uh, at the beginning, uh, we were writing a lot of stuff about like, like I guess, political stuff. And um, Beguiler is uh, it's to influence or betray using trickery or flattery. So um, I think that just kind of stuck with everyone. And uh, yeah, many years later, it's uh, yeah, it still works for us. Well, that's what's up. Uh, I read, I do my research and everything, and you guys have that classic deathcore vibe from the MySpace era, correct? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially when we first started, too. Uh, we were, like, uh, very influenced by, like, uh, Carnifex, uh, like, old Whitechapel, old Job for a Cowboy, that kind of stuff. But that's all what we grew up listening to, right? Yeah, it's sad that, like, right now I'm seeing all over Facebook the Job for a Cowboy freaking teaser. Yeah, the thing. I guess they're doing a single. Yeah, that I can't tell you how much excitement that brings me. And they're they're definitely one of my faves. Oh yeah, they've been doing it for a while. They were quiet for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I think their last record was uh, was it uh, Demonocracy or no Sun Eater? Sun Eater, I think, was their last album, and that was like 2014. So. It, 
Yeah, it's been... Yeah. I didn't realize it's been that long, but yeah, they're uh, they're great. Oh, yeah. Uh, Who would you say you look up to, like, for your vocals? Who do you look up to in the vocal range you like to hit? Um... Definitely a lot of people. Um, I feel like my early biggest influences were definitely like uh, um, Phil Bozeman. Um, I think definitely at the time I started listening to the music, he was probably one of the most prominent, like him and um, like Mitch Lucker. Um, now, I find a lot, like a lot of vocalists I enjoy, um, like... I feel like my style has always kind of been like the the more like on the Phil Bozeman side, Jamie Hanks uh, from I Declare War, um, stuff like that. But um, there's a lot of unique vocalists out there nowadays. And uh, I feel like constantly I'm grabbing influence from different ones and, and different things. Um, definitely in later years, I think my one of my favorites is probably Mark Poita who was in uh, Aversion's Crown. That's what's up. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, I declare war is really good friends. Uh, I haven't talked to Jamie. I need to check up on him, see how he's doing. Uh, I know you guys, are, since you guys are based out of Canada, do you know the Carcosa boys or the Angel Maker boys? Um, Carcosa, I don't know personally. Um... But I definitely know of them, and uh, like especially from their their channel and uh, or um, like uh, Andrew's channel as well. Um, but like Angel Maker, I, I have had the, the pleasure of meeting a few times. Um, like I think their first cross Canada tour, I met them in uh, Toronto and in back in that day. Um, like where, where we're from, uh, which is, is kind of like an hour outside of Toronto, um, we there's a big rehearsal space. We're no longer there, but we used to be with a bunch of friends, and um, they ended up staying there uh, their first time through Ontario. Uh, so we got to hang out with them a bit, and um, we're also good friends with uh, the guys in False Fire, and um, so. You know, they've toured together quite a bit, and, you know, I've gotten the chance to meet um, meet all of them uh, when they come down. And, uh, yeah, super nice dudes. They're absolutely crushing it. I think they're uh, they're starting a tour on Thursday, uh, Angel Maker, Falls Fire, uh, Fall Vidinia. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll meet the Carcosa boys soon. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah, Johnny... He's a very sweet, loving man. Yeah, yeah. He's actually in uh, Angel Maker now. Um, I haven't gotten the chance to meet him, but uh, maybe uh, I think next Tuesday I'm, I'm going to see them. Oh, so, well, that's what's up. Yeah. How is it, would you say it's different in Canada with the music scene compared to like anywhere else in the world? Um. Canada definitely, like I would say, like one of the biggest things is um, there's uh, a lot of, I guess, like I've heard a lot of people say it like this, but there's a lot of geography, not a lot of people, <laughs> which is very true. Like we're from southern Ontario, which is like the most populated place in Canada. So um, we're 
pretty lucky on that front where it's like there's a lot of small towns around us. Toronto's big. Um, uh, you know, Quebec has Montreal and, and some other big cities that uh, aren't too far. But like I say, like the rest of the country, uh, there's a lot of driving and uh, sometimes like if you're going out west, like not there's not a lot of places to play. Um, so it can be like a very expensive um, place to tour uh, as far as like logistics and um, because of just the way the population is, um, you know, uh, shows can be hit or miss, like especially in the Midwest, whereas like I'd say like the States, Europe, um, there's a lot more major cities that are closer together. Like even Europe, it's like you can, you can drive across the UK in like six hours where it's like, Canada probably take you like five days to, <laughs> nonstop to drive across, right? Yeah, I've never been to Canada. Oh man, yeah. Well, you should uh, like uh, at some point if you get a chance. It's like there's there is a lot of nice places to see, but um, yeah, there's a lot of like nothing as well uh, as far as like people and <laughs> cities go. A lot of small towns for sure. Uh. Would you like to talk about how about the new song you guys came out with uh, this year? Uh, on a rip, I don't. I came into it today. Unrepentant, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, so that song, um, it's you know pretty much all about uh, like the um, the Canadian residential school system. Uh, for First Nations, like, uh, I'm sure most people probably saw a lot of that um, stuff all over online, like, the last couple of years, um, and uh, I know, like, it, it definitely, like, happened in, in the U.S. as well, but um, it was it was a big movement in Canada, for sure, for a while, and um, there's still, you know, um, kind of things unraveling about it like i know like the the unmarked graves like the counts on those keep going up or like at this point um i think they just call them like kind of like uh, anom anomalies under the ground because uh, they're not even excavating them but it's it's just kind of all about that and um a lot of uh just kind of resentment towards the church and, um, you know, uh, and the government as well for, like, uh, you know, being so tied closely together and basically, yeah, doing mass genocide on a bunch of children uh, that were taken away from their, their families. So that was, you know, that was kind of the whole motive behind the lyrical content. Um, we actually, we did a, a merch drop as well uh, like some long sleeves to go with um the single and we were we donated uh, the proceeds to uh the center the center for truth and reconciliation um not a ton we still actually have to announce like what we uh contrib con contributed uh but we uh were able to raise like 500 uh canadian for that cause and uh donate that towards um you know um basically an organization that is um helping first nations people and um you know survivors of uh the residential school system as well 
Uh, so, I mean, nothing huge, but I feel like for a band our size, it's it's a good accomplishment. And uh, it felt good to, you know, be able to use our platform to uh, help raise awareness and also just help uh, a cause for, uh, you know, people that deserve it. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you guys plan to tour the U.S. anytime soon? Uh, we definitely do. Um, we get asked a lot. Um, but right now, um, we're working on an album, so we're just trying to finish that up. Um, and, and then essentially, like, all that's holding us back from going to the U.S. is uh, the work visas required to go. Um, I'm not sure, like, if you have interviewed... Uh, mini bands from Canada or anything or out of the US but like they might have, you've probably heard about how bands from outside of the US need work visas which um, it can be quite a process getting them your first time and like quite costly as well um, so it is something we're going to do and invest in um, but uh, we're just kind of waiting for the right time I think right now uh, we want to finish our album so that we can get that out and you know uh I have that to tour on as well. And, uh, of course, you know, find some sick bands that want to do it with us or, you know, will host us uh, up in the States. And, um, yeah, also, uh, hopefully by then, too, uh, we can get with uh, some sort of, like, agency that can possibly help with uh, the booking process for that. But 2024, definitely... One of our, our top goals is to go to the States, for sure. Well, yeah, uh, I think I've talked to a couple from out of the country. I've talked to Jesse Mathers from Kinmode. Okay. Yeah. And he was talking to me about how much of a pain in the ass it is to get over the border from Canada to the United States. Oh, dude, it's actually insane. Well, it's mainly just the paperwork uh, for it. I've heard from a lot of bands, once you have that, it's like they sometimes they hardly look at you. But, you know, if you don't have that uh, all in line properly, you won't get through. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of money. Um, there's certain things where it's like uh, it's easier once you've been there already and, you know, can... Um, already have um kind of past visas on record but i know for your first tour um well for all tours you need all the details like the um you need every date you know uh every promoter um like you know actual like the the venues that you're playing at it basically needs to be all booked and full before you can apply it to your visa and um it needs to be like six months out, but because a lot of smaller tours aren't done, uh, you know, done being booked six months out uh, for you to apply to your visas, you normally have to expedite them, which is what ends up costing a lot more money. And uh, if you you have to pay the money, and if you don't get accepted for your visas, uh, you don't get your money back. And it's like. Uh, for yeah, I think it's somewhere around like five hundred dollars per person. Um, so yeah, to you know lose that is a big risk. So you want to really make sure that you have everything in line. Uh, but coming to Canada, all bands need is uh, an email from the promoter, and that's pretty much it. 
Wow, did not know I was dang. That is that's my opinion. Sorry if you're saying this, but it's kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's uh, like it's it's very like um, I don't know if you want to say like a capitalistic way of doing it. It's like they don't necessarily want they want their their cut from foreign artists before you even get into the country to play. And then they obviously don't realize that the the bands aren't making any money doing it, right? Yeah, the government anywhere you go, I feel like, is a little fucked up anymore. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, no, ours definitely ain't perfect either. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at least uh, at least it's easier for, for bands to come across. Um, hopefully one day it changes, but I doubt it will, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh so do you want to talk about the album that's coming out or can uh, you i could talk a little bit about it um it's been in the works for a long time like we've uh we've revised it quite a bit um you know there's there's been some things that were setbacks and uh like also you know that led to us taking time to revise track lists, et cetera, you know, write some different songs to put on there. So I feel like in the long run, it's kind of worked out. Um, like, uh, you know, we're all stoked on, on what we're, we're working on for it. Um, but yeah, like, a, uh, just recently, actually, we kind of, um, started fresh with it again. Uh, so we got like quite a bit of tracking to do still, uh, we've been working on, but it is going to be as of right now. It's it's a ten song LP. Um, yeah, there's not not too much else to to talk about before that. But it's uh, it's looking like it's probably either going to be released real late this year or probably early next year. But we definitely have some singles coming up for it. Oh, that. That's exciting. I showed my friends your guys' band, and my friend Chris is a big uh, old-school deathcore guy. He, well, he's one of the older guys in my group, and he grew up with, well, he was around when, like, Job for a Cowboy and all of them were in their prime. And yeah. he's all like, this, nothing will beat those MySpace era days. I'm like, geez, bro, you are elitist from hell. Yeah. Well, I mean... It definitely, it was a different time. Like, it's, uh, it, it was, you know, pretty cool at the time, um, how, how much Deathcore blew up from MySpace, and it was all super DIY, uh, but definitely, like, I want to say we, we are, like, a, a band that is, like, you know, like, trying to be myspace theme but definitely i feel like that's where all our influence comes from so it's kind of like a like a more modern polished sound but a lot of the same stuff um you know trem riffs heavy breakdowns um sound clips and stuff we love but uh we haven't really included much because uh the way uh, content id etc works nowadays you can't <laughs> get away with it like bands used to Oh, yeah, bands used to get away with a lot more than they do now. Oh, yeah, man. Especially, well, even, too, some of the records from that era that are on Spotify now, um, I've heard them where they have the clips taken out. Like, uh, if you go and listen to uh, um, 
Parkway Drive's like killing with a smile where they had all their sound clips it's just blank now um you know but we just kind of don't want to risk getting our stuff pulled but there's definitely we're going to try and seek some in there and uh, in in our live show we definitely like to throw uh random like sound bites and things in uh you know just just for fun oh yeah i think one of my favorites is uh the when Suicide Silence back in the day did the Family Guy thing, that yeah. thing was fucking comical. Oh, dude, yeah, that legendary, like, clip from every song, and it, yeah, it was, it's, it's funny, too, like, hearing them talk about that now. Um, I've, I've listened to, like, the, the Garza podcast a lot, and he, he talks about those days, and you know, he was like, almost didn't want them, and, but now it's like, it's such, like, yeah, such an iconic release especially from that band like but oh yeah i think my favorite on that record was uh in bludgeon to death with the the quagmire clip right before the drop oh yeah uh my friends in a band called empty graves and those guys do like little sound clips in their live thing they have one from shrek <laughs> and that's like what in the fuck and it's that lord fuckwad uh, scene when he's like the like I'm sitting the one when he's sending the troops out to find Princess Fiona. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, that's fucking comical. Yeah, that is hilarious. Especially Shrek. Fucking Shrek's been popping off this year. Fucking <laughs> super popular again. But um, yeah, I told a lot of people like freaking. It feels like everything from like the early from the '90s and early 2000s is coming back. Oh yeah, man. I, I definitely see it, like, especially from, yeah, like a, like a pop culture standpoint, a lot of the, the media out too now. I find that I've even seen a lot of, like, uh, 80s stuff is even coming back. Not so much media, but, um, like, fashion. A lot of people, minus, like, the bright colors, but I've noticed um, the way a lot of people are dressing and cutting their hair now. It's very, like, 80s, uh, which, like... It's cool. I dig it. I like eighties aesthetic stuff like that. But that that nostalgia. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I definitely understand that. Like you see guys with like short shorts up to their freaking thighs now. Oh yeah, man. Especially in the hardcore scene. <laughs> oh yeah, the hardcore scene's thriving really hard right now. Yeah, dude. It it, it definitely is. I feel like it's, it's doing well over. Toronto hardcore scene has been nuts since uh, since like post COVID. You know, what up, Carter? Uh, what up, Zorab? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Zorab loves short shorts. Oh man, I will. Never, you would never <laughs> see me wear those at a show. Oh, me either, man. Not even like in private. Like I wouldn't. <laughs> Well, it's gonna be long. Uh, we made an agreement, me and my buddies in our my metal group, that we're gonna all get like different type of booty shorts from different bands, and we're all gonna go to shows in booty shorts. Oh man! <laughs> like, oh my god! You're gonna have to pay me extra to do that. Yeah. Damn, I don't think I could. You know, I'd have to wear, like, fucking something underneath it or some shit. <laughs> Definitely. 
Well, like, like I mean, no, I ain't on anyone that wants to rock it, you know. Like I, <laughs> I don't even wear shorts to begin with, really. But uh, like I, fucking anyone could, you know, wear short shorts if they want. But definitely not my, not my style. Well, yeah, it's definitely one of those things. It's just like I respect it. Like my friend Aaron got some body snatcher booty shorts for his girl, and she's like, "I'm not gonna be able to fit in those." <laughs> so he uh, he's probably gonna kill me for hearing this but he put him on <laughs> yeah well hey man at least he's getting his money's worth right yeah that's what i told him <laughs> then yeah. i told alan from distant that i would buy some booty shorts and that vest they show uh show for their merch for this tour they're doing Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to see that tour as well. That's that's a stacked bill. Um, the, the one with uh, Left to Suffer, I think. And yeah, that's dope. Uh, yeah, apparently, according to Zorab, uh, alcohol helps with the wanting to wear short shorts. <laughs> I think that's what he's talking about. <laughs> I hope, uh, st- still not enough for me. I don't drink, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, shit. Uh, so I know you said you uh like the old stuff. Uh, do you like any of the newer bands that are coming up? Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely do. Um, I listen to a lot actually. I mean, um, definitely like. I mean, I guess just to get it, get it off the plate. Like I, I do love Lorna Shore. I've listened to them since, uh, like way back in the day um and it's great to see them now i still personally like their music um uh, a lot of like there's been so many bands lately that are just so good um like crown magnetar is one i've definitely been jamming a lot they're insane uh distant you just mentioned they're sick uh you know left to suffer um all those bands popping off pale face um, and a lot of those bands is crazy, like how far they've came just in the last year or two. Um, but I mean, it's when you listen to them, it's, you know, why, right? Like they, they just slap, you know? Oh yeah. Like, uh, I'm friends after too. Sorry to cut you off. Oh, you're good brother. Uh, I feel like, um, I'm friends with the boys from left to suffer and seeing them how they evolved over the years i'm so proud of how far they've come came like me taylor always i love taylor to death and every time we see each other now we have like a smoking contest and let me tell you if he ever offers to smoke with you take it but don't be the last one to smoke right after him or before him why is that Oh man, it feels it feels like a challenge because he's a big dude. He can handle that stuff. I'm a small little dude, so I'm just like this. This man's already ch- uh, just chilling. I'm over here like, oh fuck, I'm hungry as fuck already. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Luckily, I, I I do smoke a lot of weed, so um, <laughs> like I, I do have a good tolerance. But uh, I mean, I guess I'd have to see. Hopefully, one day I can I can make that happen. Um, you know, Taylor seems chill. Um, it, and is is he is Tom Barber's brother? Or no, no, I don't think so. I believe because okay. yeah, I saw them uh, with the Chelsea Grin tour, and, and Tom's just like, yeah, 
his name of Taylor's my little brother. And I was like, well, fuck that. I didn't even think about the fact they have the last, same last name. <laughs> but then I was like, are they actually? But yeah, that day I seen that tour and it was cool because like that day uh, they were playing in Chicago and Illinois and I was supposed to go see August Burns Red and uh, Devil Wars Prada when they were doing that tour. Yeah. And I was like, tickets sold out. My friend's like this. Yeah, I didn't get the tickets. He's like, sorry, dude. He's like, you asked for the day off or nothing. And I was like, and my friend's like, you should go to uh, Chelsea Grin with me. I was like, cool. And then I went to go get tickets and it was sold out. I was like, fuck, it's sold out. Uh, that sucks, man. Yeah, it was a good show. Like, Car Effects, I think, was there, too. Uh, I've seen them so many times. They're they're great. But it was good getting to see Left to Suffer. And Toronto liked them a lot. That was for sure. Yeah. Uh, what's up, uh, Steve? Freaking, um, I asked, message Taylor, and I was like this. Bro, can you guest list me? I know it's last minute. I'm sorry. He's like, no, I got you, bro. And he guest listed me, and, like... I told the like venue I got guest listed and they're like, Well, you're not on the list and uh but they're like, Here you go anyway, here's a band and like I was like, Cool, then I went outside and Taylor was outside by the van and I was just chilling and smoking with those guys. And I, I was like, Fuck and like I was just chilling outside for a while because I was it was uh I was so fucking high, I walked outside and there was a kid fucking on the ground and I was like like, Oh fuck me, I'm too high for this. Yeah, maybe he was smoking with Taylor before. <laughs> and then like, Tom came out of their bus, and I got to meet Tom that night, and I was very happy because I've looked up to Tom since he was in the Warner Shore. And yeah, I told I told everybody like I have all the Lorna Shore albums besides the one with Tom. Yeah. So okay. it's just which one, uh, Flash Coffin or Flash Coffin too. Um, but yeah, man. Honestly, all their records are great. I, I even I love the ones with Tom as well. Uh, even their like old EP, even like Bone Kingdom, I've jammed before. It's definitely a lot different than what they do now. But they've never put out bad music. Uh, you know, uh, Oceano. Yeah, how did I not mention that? Oceano is one of my favorites too. Oh, yeah, I love Adam. Adam's a sweet dude. Like, I've seen Carnifex five times now. And they were on tour. It was the Carnifex, Oceano, Left to Suffer, Crown Mag Guitar, and Spike Tour. I've seen that tour, and I, that's where I met Adam from Oceano. I was like, dude, can I get a picture? Because he's one of the, like, he might not want to admit it, but respectfully, he's one of the MySpace Godfathers of Deathcore. Oh, jeez, yeah. Like, yeah, them, um, them, Carnifex, Suicide Silence, Job for a Cowboy. Like, those are kind of my big four from that era. But um, the tour you're talking about, like, I'm fucking, I'm bummed they didn't come to Canada. There's a lot of stack bills that don't end up making it. Uh, north of the border for you guys but um, yeah we have been getting some more good tours again lately which is nice but yeah fuck dude I, I'm seeing Crown Magnetar for the first time in September so I can't wait and oh they're so 
freaking good dance uh i'm good friends with dan and i liked his status the other day on facebook and he was all like this this is gonna be the most angry and pissed off set you ever see <laughs> i believe it yeah their music just it sounds just pure fucking mean <laughs> like just straight mean but they're awesome they seem like nice dudes too very humble Oh yeah, they're very sweet. Uh, Byron, uh, their drummer. Uh, I had that. Like, I messaged them on Instagram. Like, when I first started the podcast, and he hit me up back, and they're like, "Yeah, our drummer will do it." And like, I was like, "Sup, bro?" He's like, "Sup, dude?" And I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. <laughs> now we yeah. talk every so often, but I know since they've been popping off, he's been busy. Oh yeah, I could only imagine they've been touring a lot. They've put out now like what like three albums in the last three years and just been absolutely crushing it they they don't miss every time i hear the records i'm just like holy fuck it's so good like it's you know oh fuck yeah uh so i don't think i have any more questions for you brother man i'm gonna hop in the shower and get ready for bed i gotta work <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning damn man well I'll Thank you for having me. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's no sweat at all. Um, but yeah, thanks again for having me, man. No problem. If you ever come to the States, let me know and I'll get you guys. If you need a place to like do a show, I got you. Yeah, definitely, man. I would love to come to, to Iowa. It's, uh, you know, a lot of sick bands have came out of there too. Fucking everyone knows, of course, Slipknot, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We're definitely trying to get out there, so I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I will definitely give you a shout uh, when the time comes. Might I'll be a while, but I will. Oh yeah. Take it easy, brother. Get some rest. Yeah. Thank you, man. You too. Take care. Take care. There you go. Hey guys, I'll be interviewing Jacob Coolidge from Bugler. Sorry about that. I was trying to prop up my phone. <laughs> Same. Same, to be honest. Yeah. But how's it going? Good. I'm trying to get the Wi-Fi to work. That's fine. And freaking evidently the Wi-Fi doesn't work, so I had to turn it off and use my data. Yeah. Yeah, that's always fun. Well, hopefully you got that unlimited. Uh, we'll find out, right? <laughs> Um, thank you for doing this. If you want to introduce yourself and say what you do in the band. Well, thank you for having me. Um, and, uh, so I'm Jacob. I do vocals in Beguiler. Um, yeah, we're out from Toronto, Ontario. Where, whereabouts are you from? I am down two states down from Canada. So I am in Davenport, Iowa. Okay, cool, cool. Let me see if the 
Wi-Fi is working now because I'm getting buffering on your side, and it's probably me, not you. Okay. Oh, there we go. Yep, I got it now. The Wi-Fi is on. Awesome. So my first question is, how did you guys come up with the band name? The band name? Um, well, um, originally, actually, when I was asked to join the band, uh, they had already picked the name. Um, I'm like one of the original members, but they kind of started the group um, and started writing songs before I was in the picture. Um, but I think it comes from like uh, at the beginning, uh, we were writing a lot of stuff about like, like I guess, political stuff. And um, Beguiler is uh, it's to influence or betray using trickery or flattery. So um, I think that just kind of stuck with everyone. And uh, yeah, many years later, it's uh, yeah, it still works for us. Well, that's what's up. Uh, I read, I do my research and everything, and you guys have that classic deathcore vibe from the MySpace era, correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially when we first started, too. Uh, we were like uh, very influenced by like, uh, like Carnifex, uh, like old Whitechapel, old Job for a Cowboy, that kind of stuff. But that's all what we grew up listening to, right? Yeah, it's sad that, like, right now I'm seeing all over Facebook the Job for a Cowboy freaking teaser. Yeah, the thing, I guess they're doing a single. Yeah, that, I can't tell you how much excitement that brings me. Man, they're, they're definitely one of my faves. Oh, yeah, they've been doing it for a while. They were quiet for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I think their last record was, uh, was it uh, Demonocracy? Or, no, Sun Eater. Sun Eater, I think, was their last album, and that was, like, 2014, so. It, yeah, it's been, yeah, I didn't realize it's been that long, but, yeah, uh, they're, uh, they're great. Oh, yeah, uh, who would you say you look up to, like, for your vocals, who do you look up to in the vocal range you like to hit? Um... Definitely a lot of people. Um, I feel like my early biggest influences were definitely like uh, um, Phil Bozeman. Um, I think definitely at the time I started listening to the music, he was probably one of the most prominent, like him and um, like Mitch Lucker. Um, now, I find a lot, like a lot of vocalists I enjoy, um, like... I feel like my style has always kind of been like the the more like on the Phil Bozeman side, Jamie Hanks uh, from I Declare War, um, stuff like that. But um, there's a lot of unique vocalists out there nowadays. And uh, I feel like constantly I'm grabbing influence from different ones and, and different things. Um, definitely in later years, I think my one of my favorites is probably Mark Poita who was in uh, Aversion's Crown. That's what's up. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, I declare war is really good friends. Uh, I haven't talked to Jamie. I need to check up on him, see how he's doing. Uh, I know you guys, are, since you guys are based out of Canada, do you know the Carcosa boys or the Angel Maker boys? Um, 
Carcosa? I don't know personally. Um, but I definitely know of them and uh like especially from their their channel and uh or um like uh, Andrew's channel as well. Um but like Angel Maker I I have had the, the pleasure of meeting a few times. Um like I think their first cross Canada tour I met them in uh Toronto and in back in that day. Um like where, where we're from, uh, which is it's kind of like an hour outside of Toronto, um, we there's a big rehearsal space. We're no longer there, but we used to be with a bunch of friends, and um, they ended up staying there uh, their first time through Ontario. Uh, so we got to hang out with them a bit, and um, we're also good friends with uh, the guys in False Fire, and um, so. You know they've toured together quite a bit, and you know I've gotten the chance to meet um, meet all of them uh, when they come down. And uh, yeah, super nice dudes. They're absolutely crushing it. I think they're uh, they're starting a tour on Thursday. Uh, Angel Maker, Falls Fire, uh, Fall Vidinia. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, we'll meet the Carcosa boys soon. That would be awesome. 